The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. We don't need to tell everybody every detail. We need to like let people have the freedom to make it work in the long term on their own. And what I mean by that is like, yeah, it's more ideal to have a diverse array of fruits and vegetables, right? But I don't necessarily need to specify that they need to have a certain number every day because guess what? We get bored with what we eat, <laughs> you know, if we were to eat the same things every day. So sometimes I'll see that, like, make sure you always get blueberries in every day. It's like, cool, what happens on day 14 of blueberries? You want something else. And so you kind of also just have to have this realism with it that these factors are going to shake out naturally just based on palatability and sustainability that I don't necessarily have to control for everything, every little detail because of what life happened. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stop. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence Remote Edition. Today we are joined by our friend E.C. Sinkowski from Optimize Me Nutrition. How are you doing, E.C.? Great. How are you all? We're doing great. Um, good, good. Today I wanted to talk to you guys. You, you're both kind of... Um, you're both doing something that's very similar uh, in, in your in your different spaces. Um, something that we talk about here a lot on the podcast with um, obviously with Ben is the five factors, um, the five things that we've kind of deemed the uh, the most important things for us to all be thinking about as it relates to our um, our overall health or our, our overall uh, well being. And EC, you've got something called the Consistency Project, which is uh, very similar. Um, so let's start with what is the Consistency Project, kind of where it came from, um, and then we can kind of talk about where. Where these two ideas are similar, where these two ideas differ, and then maybe we can kind of dive into some of the specifics and some of the reasons maybe why those things are different. So, EC, uh, Consistency Project, what is it? Yeah, so it's a way for people to stay accountable with their diet and lifestyle. And that's one of the things that I always have people ask about, you know, where's the accountability? They finish the 800-gram challenge with their gym. How can I stay accountable with it, you know? So this is a free leaderboard I have where people literally every day just toggle a yes-no switch to whether or not they ate 800 grams of fruits and vegetables, they ate enough protein, which there's a level established, if they exercised and they slept. And that's it. And the point is, hey, let's look at our score over time and see how we do. Um and they get an average score across all their days, and they don't have to log every last detail. It's super simple. Just check in on some four basic factors that really drive health and wellness. And I would have had a fifth factor in there because I think there's really five things, and that would be stress. But it was just a matter of how to really measure that and set that kind of a bar for everybody, like 800 grams as an easy bar. Stress doesn't. So the Consistency Project has only those four factors to track. Yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely want to dive into the stress idea. And it's funny, as you were just saying that, I remember that the last time we had you on the show when we were actually all allowed to be in the same room together, you were like, oh, I, had this, I have this idea for the consistency project thing. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but you should absolutely do it because I just love the name. Um, ben, um, uh, most people will, will, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but why don't you give a quick brief on the five factors, why those five, um, and then we can kind of dive into, uh, into a conversation from there. The, the consistency, <laughs> 
is is very it's there's a lot of overlap between yeah. what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So and there should be. I mean, if there wasn't, it would kind of be a, a little bit of alarming <laughs> that maybe we're way off base with this thing. So um, it, it's it's your training, it's your nutrition. So it's how you move, it's how you um, eat, it's how you sleep, it's how you um, think. And how you um, connect with people. Mm-hmm. I get five there. I kind of wrap, wrap, wrapped yep. around that a little bit. Essentially, what we've—I think—the stress one is really interesting. Um, and what we've done is we've kind of pulled the, the two things that we believe cause stress. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that cause stress. If you're not eating well, if you're not moving well, if you're not um, doing those things that can cause stress. But two of the biggest ones is basically it's your mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, as as Einstein, he was credited with this. It's like. The number one question you have to ask yourself is whether you live in a hostile or friendly world. Well, if you live in a, if you believe you live in a hostile world, you're going to have stress all around you. Everything looks like um, a saber-toothed tiger that's going to jump out and eat you. Thus, fight or flight. Thus, chronic elevated hormones. Thus, bad health. So that's kind of how we get to that one. The next one is anybody that's been in a, like a meaningful relationship for a long time would kind of attest to the fact that when things are going well with your relationships, your life is going well. When your life is going, everything is smashing, your career is killing it, but you know, your, um, your, your, um, you, your, your abs are showing whatever it is, <laughs> but something isn't right at, in ho- at home with your, with your significant, like it, it doesn't matter. It's way, way off. So I, I'm of the believer that, um, Stress is hugely impactful in terms of your overall health. And we've kind of subdivided stress because as EC kind of said, it's, it's, it's a tough one. That's why she left it off to measure. Um, we subdivided into those two categories of how you connect with people, your relationships and your, your approach, you know, from uh, met, your mental approach to things. Mm-hmm. Easy. One of the things that I think uh, I've heard you talk about or I've talked about with you as it relates to the consistency project um, is your desire, your, you know, the intent to make it really simple, to make it very much mm-hmm. a yes or no. Mm-hmm. What and, and that that definitely contrasts with the five factors and everything we've always talked about with the five factors. And I think, Ben, there's you've got even like you've got sub factors within each one of those factors. Right. And so it, the the approaches are are even while they're similar in terms of the 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 kind of the macro things we're thinking about, the, the way you both thinking about them are considerably different. And I think maybe the, the, the question out of that might be, EC, why is it so important for you that it is a simple yes, no, that mm-hmm. it isn't uh, more complicated than that, or that we don't get into 15 different, different um, nutritional things or, or anything like that? Why, why the focus on simplicity? Yeah, I actually think Ben and I are more similar than different in the sense of what I want somebody to be doing each day has way more complexity than yes or no. Of course, more ideal, for example, with something like the 800-gram challenge is to eat a diverse array of fruits and vegetables, not to only eat white potatoes every day, right? Um, You know, to get the breadth and depth across all the different foods. You could say that about training, too. I don't want somebody just running every day for 30 minutes. If that's where they are, great, but I'd prefer to see a mixed modal activity, some strength training, all that stuff. So, Within those factors, I can optimize it. I think where I'm going with the simplicity thing is from the tracking point of view, Um, that I don't need to be able to look back at my logs from three years ago and know that I ate cucumbers on, you know, September 10th, 2013. Like, I just don't need all that data. I think there's so much out there right now about big data and and analyzing data that I'm like, yeah, but what's really the outcome of that? Is that really driving the change or is the Mm -hmm. fact that you actually implemented the change driving the change, right? And so I don't want the tracking to become so burdensome, but yet I do want people 
people to be nuanced enough to understand how they uh, approach the diet does in fact have more than just one factor. Hmm. That's great. We're, so I love that. And as you're, as you're explaining this, Patrick, I'm like, damn it. She's the simple one. I'm the complex one. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, okay. um, yeah. but, but I, I, yeah, I think it comes out in your explanation. You have to think about all these different things, but then at the end of the day, it's like, how's the relationship at home? Yeah, right? We're not asking people to track 10 different things. We're asking people to be aware of 10 different things. Mm-hmm. And then if it was a tracking mechanism, um, we'll probably just steal ECs because she, she's already done the legwork. So we'll just start with that. <laughs> what is the what is the the benefits and the the challenges of both of those approaches the the tracking and the awareness because those are two I in my like I, for me I've I've found success at different times in different ways with each one of those the awareness just being aware of it and then literally having a checkbox mm-hmm. of some kind of where do you guys see the advantages of one of those approaches and we, maybe we can stay within this conversation or even really anywhere else you know, uh, in the gym or anything else, um, where one is good and, and maybe the other is more adv- advantaged or more, more advantageous. Yeah. I think that, the, um, we always say it always starts with awareness. So that's kind of like you, you can't track what you're not aware of. So that's what it comes down to. Now we're trying to create uh, paint a little bit bigger of a picture than just, um, um, maybe just the 800 grams. Now, if you're to start with one thing and one thing only, you'd be hard pressed to find a better place to start. So mm-hmm. that's, um, a really kind of cool place to start with that. Um, and then the, the tracking side is great because everyone knows accountability and the, the gamification side of things, right? It's about if you gamify something as CrossFit has done, right? That you put a score to your workout all of a sudden everyone's into it. Everyone's training, working harder, more consistently. So you can get the, the levels of, um, effort that you want out of something by the gamification, by the tracking of it, much more so than you could of just like read a book, go live your life. That's Mm -hmm. the awareness side of it. Like how many people read books and don't change anything. Mm -hmm. But when you start to put scores to things, when you start to become, especially if it's binary as a yes, no. um, And then as EC is done, you create the leaderboard aspect to it. um, That's where things kind of get fun and a little bit more sticky. Mm-hmm. You see, we lost you there for a second. Did you did you get some of that? Yeah, I did. And I, I love Ben's point. I mean, I, people love the apps and there's certainly, you can even see it with social media. It doesn't have to be with logging your food. There's engagement there, right? And people responding to you. And that's what I wanted to do with the consistency project and the leaderboard is like, let's create community around this because day in and day out, like, I love this stuff, but it's hard for me to always be, you know, at the top of my motivation game, right? So it's nice to have that community feeling, hello, CrossFit. We all know that, right? So I think there's something to that for sure. I also, though, see where people get so bogged down in the rules of like, well, does this count as this? And like, I only, you know, ran for 20 minutes a day. Is that in a workout that you're like, whoa, okay, now we got to step back and see that this doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You see, can I, I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to change tracks a little bit. I, I apologize, Patrick, if you, if you had a script you were following, <laughs> I just, I'm just popping in my head. Like, as you're talking, like for those that don't know, EC knows more about nutrition than I will ever, ever, you know, have <laughs> hoped to, but yet, but, but yet, and here's the interesting part, your prescription is as basic and rudimentary and elementary as it, they come. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so, I mean, you can talk biochemistry and molecules like with the best of them, yet you always talk about like, um, we don't eat those things. We mm-hmm. eat food. So you talk about food. Mm-hmm. What, 
Um, what first, I guess, would be what led you down that path? Because someone that is as academic as you um, to talk on this kind of like really, no pun intended, but like macro level. Yeah. I actually think it's my engineering degree. So I did a biochem. It's it was slightly it wasn't called exactly biochem engineering, but it was biological resource engineering, where we would design systems for biological systems, like a greenhouse. How do you design an HVAC system for a greenhouse where you have to deal with very extreme temperatures and also living things? How do you design a canning plant like so that the fruits and vegetables actually get canned correctly and don't get totally damaged to the point of where you can no longer sell them? And the point of going through all that ex- explanation is like you have to worry about living systems. And there's so much freaking noise in the system that you have to figure out kind of the big checkpoints that are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck because you can't control for everything. You have to see the whole system. And I really do think that set me up for nutrition in the sense of, you know, I see a lot of people who go down the biology route only. And I don't want to put that down because they're doing some work that I could never do. But it's they don't take that step back and say, okay, I now know this pathway to the umpteenth degree. Does this actually matter? Mm. <laughs> and I in, in engineering problems that I had all the time, it would come back to some really simple things, like even designing circuits. This is a silly example, but I had spent forever going through logic gates and making sure that the circuit was going to work and nothing was working. And the first rule of designing circuits is always check your power source. Is the thing actually on? <laughs> you might have think that you have another error somewhere, but it could be so simple. So that's when I call Verizon. They go, please check to unplug it and plug it back in. <laughs> and so that's where, like with some of this nutrition stuff, when people get so far afield in specifying that you can only only have organic, I don't know, kale. It's like, and then look around you and see that we're living into our seventies with, um, multiple chronic diseases. Like apparently we're not that sensitive, right? (laughs) So it's kind of that big step back. So that creates the next like question, which is you're, um, you're coaching people on nutrition yet. Like we're not that sensitive. How important is this? Yeah. We're sensitive enough to a certain degree, and then after a certain point, we don't really know. Um, and I think that's the other thing that people aren't okay with. We we don't know how sensitive you need to be. There are going to be some people with genetic predispositions that need to be more more specific and exacting than others. And that's sort of the game of life. Like, we don't really know all of our risk. And so I kind of come to this point of we do as much as we want where we get the end goals that we need. And then after that, you can keep going if you want. You can be perfectly perfect in your diet. That may or may not give you more life. We don't know. So you have to kind of decide where your risk tolerance is, just like speeding while driving. <laughs> Did you want me to keep going? <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's let's pull back into like the consistency project. You have it's basically 800 grams. So the food side of it, mm-hmm. it's 800 grams plus protein. Yep. Um, can you explain why those two pillars, when everyone else is talking about so many different things? Yeah. From macronutrients to fiber to um, get your supplements to um, simple versus complex carbohydrates. You know, there's the noise is deafening. Um, it's hard to sift through. Yeah. It, you've done people a lot of um, good by kind of sifting through the noise and pulling out these two major principles. Why yeah. these two? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're not doing them, right? Like 70% of people are overweight or obese and 80% of people aren't eating enough fruits and vegetables. I mean, we can argue about which one is best, but I mean, we're not even at step one. Right. And I, I think the other thing that's kind of built into these ideas that I think sometimes nutrition guidelines forget about is 
we don't need to tell everybody every detail. We need to like let people have the freedom to make it work in the long term on their own. And what I mean by that is like, yeah, it's more ideal to have a diverse array of fruits and vegetables, right? But I don't necessarily need to specify that they need to have a certain number every day because guess what? We get bored with what we eat, <laughs> you know, if we were to eat the same things every day. So sometimes I'll see that, like, make sure you always get blueberries in every day. It's like, cool, what happens on day 14 of blueberries? You want something else. And so you kind of also just have to have this realism with it that these factors are going to shake out naturally just based on palatability and sustainability that I don't necessarily have to control for everything, every little detail because of what life happens. But ultimately, 800 grams of fruits and vegetables and protein is my way to address the fact that we're not eating enough fruits and vegetables, that's clear, and then get quantity in control because once then we add protein, now we've got the two food groups that are the most underrepresented ones, right? Instead of overeating processed carbs and fat, we're going to make sure that we have the checkpoints on fruits and veggies and protein. And so we can push out ideally the process, the excess process carbs and fat. For just paint the picture, what does 800 grams of fruits and vegetables look like in a day? Yeah. About six cups, about two cups at each meal. Yeah. So that's uh, a piece of fruit and a salad. Yeah. Yeah. Or two pieces of fruit. If you were to, you know, yeah. <laughs> dance with the devil on two pieces of fruit, then. <laughs> But isn't doesn't fruit have lots of sugar? Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> One okay. of my favorite uh, Instagram posts from EC is she posts a picture of two banana peels and said, "Breaking news: woman eats two bananas and is okay." <laughs> okay, and what's the protein component? Is it just eat protein? Is it um, from lean sources? Is it a certain amount? Does bacon count? Is it yeah. like um, if I go to McDonald's? Does that like what's the protein deal? Yeah. So I just set it at 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. And I don't care where you get it. I don't care if it's vegan. I don't care if it's from McDonald's. You got to hit 0.7. Now for most people, that's a high enough level. It's the same sort of thing with the 800 gram challenge. It's high enough that it starts to be meaningful, but it's not so high that you have to be perfect. But what you do find at this 0.7 level is that it's really hard to get there on bacon. <laughs> it's really hard to get there on straight McDonald's. Right. And so generally what ends up happening is people start being like, oh, I actually have to eat better proteins sources because of this. Yeah. Can we, I want to go back to the, um, the differences or the, the, um, uh, or the ways that the, the five factors in the consistency project are kind of looking at the same thing a little right. bit differently. Um, you know, things like you know, the sleeping and, and training or exercising, tr moving really, um, are very similar kind of, um, I understand those as it relates to where I think both of you are looking at them. Um, but we did, we kind of talked about that stress idea and we talked about, um, you know, one of the things we've always talked about here, Ben is mindset and thinking. And, um, I wonder how you guys, uh, tackle when you're working with people, you know, Ben, when you're in the gym, how do you tackle an idea like mindset where it's, so almost overwhelming or so impossible to really pin down is my mindset good or is it bad like how do you get how do you start getting people to recognize like okay am i am i better than i was a month ago or a year ago or 3 year, 3 months ago what you know whatever it is just so they have an understanding of where they are in the 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 that progress and whether they're making progress at all um because i, I was one of those things that if you can't figure out if I'm making progress, it might be really yep. easy to just kind of drop and forget and not worry about or not know what to not not know like what act actions to take. So I'm curious in those things, whether it's stress or mindset or e connecting with each other, how do you how do you guys in your own lives and how do you start working with folks to 
improve them knowing that they're really hard to say, you know, checkbox, did I connect with somebody today? Yeah, it goes back to that old saying of um, know thyself, right? If you know thyself, um, you can um, you can basically unlock the powers of the world. Be- without that, you're going to struggle up against everything. And basically, that's another way of saying awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, what you need to do is really become take the the, the self analysis of what where you are right now and what is actually happening. And what happens with a lot of that is people bring their, you know, there's X number of biases that are in, uh, I, I don't, can't name them all, but um, people bring the the baggage of their past and their, the repetition of um, their thoughts, mm-hmm. um, their behaviors, and their subconscious at this level. They're just built into their DNA their and their habits. They operate on a subconscious level. They don't even realize it's happening. So let's talk the mindset one. If you are talking to somebody and trying to, um, you, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot that it, it's a really easy metric for where your mindset is. And that is how much complaining you do. Yep. If you complain a lot, you're basically not taking ownership. You're, um, you're looking at other people, you're trying to fall and fall. So basically you're passing the buck and not saying I can change this. I have something inside my control. It's so much easier to say like, damn you, Donald Trump. It's just easier to say that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, when you start to talk to somebody about how much they complain, I promise you, no matter how big of a complainer they are, they're going to say, I don't complain that much. It's kind of like when you talk to somebody about how's your nutrition. I, I mean, I, I've been coaching this personal fitness stuff for like 15 years. 95% of people, when you ask them how your nutrition is, they always, always say two words, pretty good. It's like everyone does. So that's just a level of like, um, it's, it's a lack of awareness. It's a lack of awareness of how they're actually behaving and where they fit on the spectrum of bad to good. So you pull back that, that, um, you pull back the curtain and let them see the spectrum. You let them plot where they are, not actually, but like just from a, a conversation and, um, let people start to operate at a, at a, at a more aware level and they start to know thyself. And when that happens, um, Hopefully you fall into the next thing. So it goes awareness. And the next one is hopefully they bring greater intention to what they're going towards. So again, if we can talk about this in terms of um, um, complaining, when something bad happens, they see it happen and they feel the trigger. They become aware of the trigger, the hormone response of like someone honks their horn and they honk and they're like, and they get upset. Instead they go, oh, this is me. This is happening. And then they're intentional about their behaviors, trying to make change. And then it falls into the third one, which is then perspective. How am I doing? Where do I fall? Am I getting better? And you can start to do the whole build, measure, learn thing. So mm-hmm. um, regardless of how soft the skill is, you know, it'd be the same thing, right? If we're trying to improve someone's fitness, you know, okay, so let's, let's figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. Great. You can clean and jerk 330, but you run a mile in 10 minutes. Guess what we're going to work on? Like, so you bring awareness. You suck at running. Great. Now, intention, run every day. Good. Build, measure, learn. How are we doing? Bring perspective to that action and then figure it out from there. So it's a little, um, it brings a little bit of a systematic approach to something that's probably a little more gray and arbitrary. Um, at the, at the, at, at, the, at first blush, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's the same thing regardless of how soft the skill might be. 
With the five factors you have, sorry, Patrick, no, I no. wanted to ask this though, and I think it kind of dovetails with that. Like as they stand now, do you do you have a rating scale of some type, or you yeah? Have so 10? okay. So we we done is we've created um. So yes, it's something I created <laughs> two years ago, but I've yet to launch. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's one of those things, right? It's yep. like because it's I, I just oh, wasn't I <laughs> right yet. So we are in the process now with our members, and the honest answer is is um. I didn't have the bandwidth to actually like make sure it was good and like yeah. actually launch it and create the survey and capture the data and all that stuff. So too much information, but we've hired somebody to a gym manager that can actually push these initiatives forward. So, oh, cool. um, Misha, she, and she's awesome. Yeah. Um, so now, yes. So what we have is these five factors and there's the 10, there's a, um, 10 questions for each factor I see. and you get a score, um, for each one of those things. At the end, you get a total score of your health. And they have nothing to do with like, how much can you clean and jerk? It's right. all about, because like you could be out of shape, but it's more about um, your behaviors. It's all behavioral. Yeah. And then what, sorry, Patrick, one more. No, it's okay. <laughs> you have to apologize. Um, what kind of is your, I mean, I know it's, I kind of know the answers. There's no real answer, but like, would your recommendation be kind of a monthly assessment or even more fine tuned than that? No, definitely less than that. Um, yeah. I think that you get, you get analysis by paralysis. And yeah. you, um, so what we're, what we are in the, in the process of initiating is it'd be part of their onboarding process. So we're unsure if that happens on, it's probably not, we're thinking right now it's either, um, the end of week one. Mm -hmm. So it's not like shotgun blast fire hose to the face. Um, and then we would do it from there. We're considering either quarterly, mm -hmm. semi-annually, or annually. You know, you have to make, you have to allow enough time to change. But here's the yeah. cool part about that: it's you know I've done this for my business is where you take these assessments, and what the assessment is actually doing is teaching you the prescription. Mm -hmm. That's what it's doing. It's saying these are the things that we think are important. Mm -hmm. So as much as we want to capture the data. What we're actually doing is saying, like, remember, this is what to do. Remember, this is what to do. How are you doing on these things? It's actually just describing the prescription. And that's why I always say, like, data is secondary to action. Yes. Like, the fact that you go back and you can see that's cool and you see progress, but it's really the fact that you actually change that matters. And what can happen is what I think you're doing is you're using data as an incentive point to initiate action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Later on today, I need to be able to get that dopamine response of, checking the box, <laughs> having it ding, having it turn green and feeling good that I accomplished that today. And then when that happens, all of a sudden now it's like you create the cycle of um, action or cue action reward. And it kind of builds this thing where like, now this is what I do and who I am. But, so I love it. You know, it's um, if we were to do the 50 questions every day, though, that would be <laughs> Man, like I don't know. But what's our, so funny about that? It's like would be like maybe a day. <laughs> and but what's so funny about that is like that's that's where I see people latch onto is often they find that because something has more data, they often think it's more well thought through. Yep. And it's like, nah, hold on, hold on. Like the fact that you had like cooked, I don't know, green beans versus not doesn't or raw it doesn't really matter, right? So it is a it is a tough balance. Um, but anyway. Is the, is the, Ben, is the, because I haven't seen these questions. I think you've mentioned them before, but is the purpose of the questionnaire back to that, back to kind of my original question, is it to raise awareness? Are you saying I didn't answer your question? That's no, what I no, 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 not at all. I would never say that. Um, is the, is the purpose of the questionnaire to get people aware of where they're currently at so that they can therefore take some actions off of that? Is that the, the, yeah. the general point? 
Yes. Um, yeah, it's kind of the, the twofold approach to that, right? It's, um, okay, so you take this 100-point questionnaire and you're a 46 when mm-hmm. you walk in. Okay, like awareness and perspective, right? Now, if you can bring attention to those two things, we have the three legs of the stool. Mm-hmm. But without those, it's kind of like, what happens is people start doing CrossFit and they do CrossFit two to three times a week. And like, I do CrossFit. I'm killing it. Like, and I'm doing, I don't know why I'm not seeing results. Well, okay, you're not following the prescription. So yes, part of it is the awareness of where you are right now. And hopefully over time we are making, you know, gains. Um, but the, the other part of that is to lay out the prescription. If you're to do this well, we want you here five or six times a week. Now from there, you're big boys and girls and you make your own decisions. But what we want to do is we want to be able to make sure that we are laying out the prescription just like a doctor would. Take these pills three times a day. Now, if you choose not to, that's your choice. But recognize that you might not get fixed. You're not following the prescription. What we, what we found is that we're really confident in the prescription that we have. We're really confident in it but people aren't following it. And what we've realized is it's not their fault. We haven't done a good job of laying it out. Mm. So we're using these different mechanisms like the challenges, like the assessment, like the quarterly analysis, like um, what we present on our our daily blog. We're trying to reinforce and reinforce so that somebody goes, um, so somebody knows where they stand and they know where they are. Like when you go to high school, you know if you're being a bad student, like you skip school three times today, <laughs> I mean, three times this week. Mm-hmm. That's not good. But CrossFitters don't know that. If you, your mo- the regular member, if they only show up twice a week, doesn't know that they're not being quote unquote a good student. They just don't know that. They feel like they're doing what they're supposed to do. And the more deliberate and precise we can be with our prescription, and we're not saying like, you know, we don't even go into the 800 grams. We're just saying basically make, eat vegetables every meal. That's all we say for it. That's one of ours. Um, but we, uh, you know, if we lay out the other, so we have, um, we, we have 50 things. Mm-hmm. So we, we have 50 points. Now, some of them overlap, you know, so one of them is like, um, about processed foods and another one is about eating real foods because <laughs> we think that's real important. Mm-hmm. So you ask two questions about it, right? Mm-hmm. One is like, do you eat, at, do you sleep at least seven hours a day? And the next one is, do you sleep at least eight hours a day? Well, if you say yes to both of those, you're like, get double points, but it's because it's that important. You see, one of the it, it's um, maybe an obvious question, but I'm but I'm curious because I don't think we've talked about it before. Which is, um, you know, it's called the consistency project, and and Ben, a lot of what you were just talking about kind of triggered this idea of how important in the hierarchy of things, uh, you know, in the hierarchy of making progress, how important is consistency in in that hierarchy, um, and and. Why does it feel like to me that people kind of shortchange the value of consistency, whether we're talking about getting to the gym, eating right, sleeping, whatever? Um, like, wh- wh- why is it as important as I think you think it is? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's first. <laughs> you know, the only success I've had um, professionally, academically, I don't even want to say success athletically, but the fact that I'm in shape and fit is only because I'm consistent. I have mm. no like amazing skill in anything. It's the fact that I'm just willing to sit there and do it. And I think it's just hard because you don't see, you know, in a day or a week or a month that 20 minutes a day does much, right? It's only after X years of doing it, you're like, oh, that was really cool that I started to work on strict pull-ups, you know, two reps a day back when I was in high school. Um, and so I think, you know, again, it's that perspective. It's really hard to have the perspective on, on what, 20 years, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would put it top of the list. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, in, um, in like the medical world or PT world, they call it compliance mm-hmm. and compliance is the number one thing. Compliance of an okay program is so superior to sub par compliance in a superior program. So it really is. I mean, as long as it's like, I mean, as long as the program isn't like detrimental, it's not like, you know, make sure you have your liter of soda and, you know, it's like, so maybe you have to start with some sort of foundational intelligence. Yeah. It's kind of a given, right? We're saying that's the given. Yeah. Like you're, what you're trying to pursue is going to lead to results from there. Compliance is the whole deal. Like mm-hmm. that's, um, so I love it that the fact that consistency is the whole thing. You see where in the, where in your world, because this is what everyone asks me, is um, like, I get it. I, 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 I get it. Um, like, this makes sense. I want to eat this way. I want to train this way. But I come to this gym, so I understand it. How can I talk to mm. my, my mother-in-law? How can I talk to this guy I work with who um, needs help? He needs an intervention. How can I change his behaviors? Yeah. Yeah, I've done a couple posts in the last little bit on it. Like, I really just don't think you can. I think you have to wait until you're asked into the conversation. Now, oftentimes, when you're leading by example, you get asked. Um, but I never talk about nutrition. Like, I, in fact, don't like talking about nutrition. It's only when people ask me Sorry. about nutrition. <laughs> Oops, damn. Yeah. So what, what's your favorite tiny kind of dog? Right, right. Let's switch yeah. the topic really quickly. Yeah. Hey, you invited, I got invited to this, so I, I can talk to you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, there is no convincing. It's anything in life, right? Like, how do you go talk to your friends about the fact that you don't like their parenting style? I mean, it just doesn't really go over well. So you got to wait till you're asked to the conversation. I do think there's inroads though. When people actually make comments, self-deprecating comments about how out of, you know, out of fitness they are, like that was so difficult to climb the flight of stairs or they've gained so much weight. I think that's a great time to be like, Hey, do you want me to, uh, do you want me to talk about it with you? And then if they say no, then you shut up. And if they say yes, that's your in, you know? And what's your in? What's the first thing you talk about? What What do you want to change? Like, what, what What's What's your concern? It's normally going to be weight. It's normally going to be weight or health. Great. What did you have for breakfast? You know, and then make a change from there. Not I'm going to come over and clean out your cabinets. And here's 25 studies to read tonight. And you're not mm-hmm. supplementing with vitamin D. Like, what did you have for breakfast? Let's just change breakfast. You know. Okay. What What's your take on studies? You just mentioned that. Yeah. Like I just don't it's funny. People ask all the time, I need to show so-and-so that what they're doing is wrong. I'm like, do not send them a study. (laughs) Do not. I mean, first of all, like again, imagine in any scenario of your life, like if somebody just dropped off 10 studies at your house about the fact that you're, you know, running your business wrong or something, I don't know, pick some other life thing. How would you take that? It's just, you're automatically on the defense and it's just, it's out of context too. Like people, people don't read scientific literature on a day-to-day basis. So why are all of a sudden going to sit down on something they didn't ask for and really understand the nuances of it? I mean, okay. it's so out so of touch. <laughs> yeah, like, to kind of dig into this, because I think this is what like uh, is, so um, I am that person. You ask, uh, what'd you have for breakfast? And I say, I had um, 
Um, an egg sandwich and a coffee. Great. From Starbucks? Yes. From somewhere? Great. Yeah. Hey, did you like bananas? They serve them at the, the counter. Can you pick one up instead of the sandwich or with the sandwich? Uh, yeah, but the egg sandwich is so much better. Okay. Great. Keep the egg sandwich. Add the banana. Okay, but then, then aren't I eating too much? No. No? And, and part of the thing is like, I like, I can't worry about perfect. Like, let's say that yeah. the calories get too high, right? Like I can't worry about that. I have the fact that they're willing to eat a banana. Some people are going to say, no, I don't want to eat the banana. Right. So we got to whatever, go through that other scenario too. But that's a win to me. That's enough of a win to me that I don't actually care. I also know that they might be more full. So they make a better decision at lunch. And that's, and that's why I like breakfast too, is the, as the initial one, because people, if they start off the morning and they've got the six donuts, they're more likely to say F it for lunch and dinner. But if you build a little bit of habit in the morning, because we have this whole 24 hour cycle that our mind just works so well around that they might be more likely to make a better lunch decision too. Um, so I don't care. Like, yeah, no, that's not too much you want to get two bananas great go for it you know it is there's there's like always this like uh, momentum thing right which is like if you start the day right it, it keeps going i remember you know in college you know waking up hungover and being like go get like the the big greasy thing to like and then it's like by the by the time you realize it, it's dinner and you're having pizza it's just like terrible totally. and thus the freshman 30 like, <laughs> <laughs> may not everyone experience that you know what i just came to um which is really interesting is when most people talk about diet it's restrictive. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying all the time is eat more of this. Mm -hmm. So it's, so first off, like what's your thoughts on the word diet and the, the conception of the conception or perception of diet. And then secondly, like what's the paradigm or you always talk about is like, you have to eat at least 800 grams. You have to at least this much protein. Yeah. If you're going to eat the egg sandwich, also eat the banana. It's like the right. exact opposite of what everyone else is saying. Totally. I mean, I think it's only because I've done it for so many years. I mean, you know, working with people, it's like you want somebody to fall off your program, tell them what they can't have. You know, <laughs> you can't have X and they're not going to stick with it for very long. So I think there's just a little bit of realism. And for myself as well, you know, I've done some of these super elimination diets partially with my masters to test out some different programs. And it's like, oh my God, I hate this. So if I'm like supposedly into this stuff and I can't stick with it or don't want to stick with it, how can I expect anyone else to? So it's just sort of, again, taking a step back and it's like, okay, what's not working? Clearly we know diets aren't working. I mean, I think the society shows us that. How can we re reverse engineer the situation and potentially go at the same end goal? And I think that's what some people like about the 800 gram challenge is it flips the script on dieting, right? It's, it's now focusing on the positive and it's not by any means perfect, but it's just changes kind of the paradigm. Okay. And let's just tease that out a little bit. So the goal is to lose weight, but I'm eating more. How does that happen? Yeah. Because those the fruits and vegetables have less calories. You can think of it per bite. It's really per gram weight of food. But per bite, you're getting less calories, but still the same volume. So people fill up. They're always like, I'm eating so many. You know, I'm so full. I don't understand how I'm losing weight. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, a cucumber has like 20 calories and the chips of the same thing has 800. So <laughs> the same weight has 800. I actually did that as a comparison that the same 160 grams of chips has 850 calories and 160 grams of cucumber has 24 calories. And it's like... Like, you want to talk about weight gain? It's not the fruits and vegetables. Okay, so then uh, I'm just I'm just like tagging off the. I your, know, I know. You're triggering all these. So calories. So you're saying calories yeah. matter. Yeah. So do. what about this whole like um, if I just eat clean, if I just eat vegetables and lean produce and healthy fats, um, isn't that enough? Like mm -hmm. calories do matter on top of that. 
It does. And that can be enough for most people. I think I did a post kind of recently. I kind of like trying to juxtapose two ideas because I think people get locked onto one and they forget that something else is going on. And that is calories do matter. Um, but you don't also have to track calories to lose weight. If you instill habits that basically the underlying mechanism is changing calories, I don't need you to, cha- to actually track them. That's what's happening. And that's good to know that that's why you're losing weight. But I prefer people do the least amount of work to get the results they want. I mean, that's why I do lazy macros myself. Like I don't want to be weighing and measuring every single thing I eat. That's a pain. Now, if I don't get the results I want, then we do have to work harder. But no, I mean, lots of these different strategies, like eat three meals a day and don't snack, they all can work. Um, and, but it's good to understand why they're working, even if you don't, you know, track all the data. Okay. Um, binary questions. What's more important? (laughs) What's more important? Real foods, no. <laughs> AKA like, um, like, um, paleo ish yeah. diet or calorie, yeah. total calorie content. I think I answer this differently every time I get the question. <laughs> 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 I would go paleo only because by default you have more effect on quantity by focusing on quality. You tend to have more of an effect on quantity where when you focus on quantity, you don't always have an effect on quality. So generally that's a good answer. You should hold on to that. One. <laughs> that was not <laughs> binary. Write that down. <laughs> you know me, I can't answer your binary questions, but, um, generally if I had to, I would push people towards quality, but I ultimately know I get kill two birds with one stone, which is some of the magic behind the 800 gram challenge. Right. I mean, that's okay. what effectively let's happens. take it to the, um, the, the, so the farthest extreme from this, like 800 grams in protein to the, like the, the, the minutia, I find out I'm deficient in, um, something through a blood test or something else. Sure. Um, should I supplement with that or try to get it through whole foods? Yeah, it depends. And I hate to be so wishy-washy, but like work with your healthcare provider on that. Like what, what levels determining deficiency? Is that really affecting you in a way, you know, that's negative? Do they believe it's negative or is it some blog post about somebody who thinks it's negative? Oh, I guess I should have started with that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, find out that you're deficient. Does it matter? Does it matter? Because I think, Vitamin D is a, a pretty big example. And, um, but for a while there, they were pushing as high, the higher, the better. And I, I think since then, this is my early CrossFit days, but since then they've backed off that and realized that lower levels are fine. Doesn't mean be deficient in it, but it means that you don't need 80 nanograms, 80 nanograms per milliliter or something yeah. like that. So in our early days, it was the EPA yeah. DHA of, of fish oil. And it was like, Hopefully. the more, the better. And Barry, you know, Barry Sears like 10,000 minimum, <laughs> like, you know, like quarter cup that. at a time, like. I went to, I mean, it was like, it was, it was pretty wild. And and then it came out like, Ooh, this might be more detrimental than it's beneficial. Totally. And that's why I don't like, you know, I write a blog, so I can't say I don't like blogs, but we just have to be careful about like, well, so-and-so said it. It's like, you know, I think sometimes things like, I don't know, the endocrine society and like, you know, uh, FDA are always seen as these like slow moving and they're not progressive enough. And it's like, well, no, it's actually really great that they're slow moving and changing their standards because that means that we have to have a lot of evidence to do so where it's not just like somebody is an influencer and they happen to see one study. It's like, do these people really know what they're talking about? So any of that specific supplementation stuff, I'm really going to push back and say they need to be working with a qualified healthcare provider on that. Okay, so then the next I can't help this. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> other question. Okay, keep going. Yeah. All right. So like the 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 influencer thing, like what do you think about that's triggered something to me is like um like biohacking. Like taking yeah. all these little like um what's your take on biohacking? A waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe maybe for um maybe give a little what what's an example of what what is biohacking? 
Yeah, I mean, it's supposedly a way to like optimize your health through various habits that are, I mean, the word hacking implies shortcuts, right? Um, again, I'm going to keep going back to the same statistics I use, but they're from USDA and CDC. Like 70% of people are overweight or obese. 80% of people are not eating fruits and vegetables. You're going to tell me that taking MCT oil in your coffee is really going to fix this? Like, what are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing? And so I'm not against the idea that there is a niche genre for truly optimal performance. I'm not, I'm not against that. There are some people that are really into like extreme longevity or like they're working with the top level cyclist. Great. Those people can do that (laughs) for 99% of us. None of us even close to having any of those factors matter. So it's just so far removed from reality that, you know, we start worrying about it before we're even at step one. Cool. So just to surmise that it's, yeah, for the people that are like, have already dialed in everything else, like it could, it could potentially have an effect. Yeah. But for everyone else, no matter how much you dial in these quote unquote shortcuts, it's not going to move the needle if the other things aren't in play. Yeah. And I think I said it on on one of our Q and A's we did before, um, talking about supplements and you know what I recommend for the games athletes, try them all. Any of the ones that you know are clean and not tainted, try them all. You might get a placebo effect. You might get an effect, but they're looking for like this minutia, like two seconds off of Fran. I mean, two seconds off of Fran is like me taking an extra breath before I, you know, pick up the bar again. So it's just, it's just like, that's how you have to tease out these things. It's like, pick, pick your battles. And for a lot of us, it doesn't matter. Now, I think even for those athletes, a lot of the supplements aren't going to matter, but they're in the worth a shot category or the worth a shot camp. Do you have any more questions? (laughs) I'm sure I will. I can't help it with EC. I don't do this with anyone else. (laughs) It's fun. I love it. I, right. It's like our old dinners, so I, I, we get we're catching up here. Yes, yeah, must be that must be fun dinners for EC. Gonna go hang out with Ben so he can pepper me with questions again. No, it was always great discussion. <laughs> All right, EC, thank you so much. You've got a couple of things going on uh, that we want folks to know about. One is a new podcast called The Consistency Project, yeah. um, and the other is an affiliate. You tell me, an affiliate nutrition program or a gym yeah. nutrition program. Totally. Just evolution of the challenges I've been running, ways that people can kind of offer nutrition programs without having to be the nutrition expert themselves. So mm-hmm. they get to outsource all the what about post-workout shakes and what about supplement questions to me. Love it. All right. We'll, uh, we'll link to both of those in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to Thanks us, Ben. To Good to see you, my friend. Yeah. We'll see you. everybody next you week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.